starting. Hi, I'm Sam, and I'm a communications student at CU. Welcome to the Conversations Project, insightful discussions from the University of Colorado at Boulder. Today we will be talking about arguably the biggest issue our generation will face, climate change. According to the UN, oceans have warmed, the amounts of snow and ice have diminished, and the sea level has risen, as well as ongoing emissions of greenhouse gases. It is likely that by the end of this century, the global mean temperature will continue to rise. Talking about climate change can be a very daunting task for anyone our age to take on. So what can just one college student do? Hi, I'm Emma Rabius, and I'm a strategic communication major at the University of Colorado Boulder. I take a large interest in the climate change subject, and joining me and Sam is Miranda. Miranda, hi. would you like to say a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Miranda. I'm a journalism major at CU, and I definitely agree with Sam that climate change can be a really scary thing to talk about for our generation. Yeah, exactly. Every time I go on Instagram or Twitter, I see a bunch of like scary facts about climate change, like we only have 10 years to get um, our CO2 levels down, and it just kind of feels like no one can really do anything about it since it's such a large ongoing issue. It definitely feels like a kind of hopeless issue for people our age because we feel like we're so young and we're not necessarily in positions of power to... Uh, in government to change anything yet, but, uh... Right, exactly. I feel like anytime I go on Twitter or Instagram, I see um, a scary fact about the future of climate change, and it feels very hopeless. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say that uh, being somebody who's young in this generation, uh, I feel like we're not really in too many positions of power to change the laws or change how countries produce CO2 and reduce levels. But uh, so I just I wonder a lot of times, what can I do as just a college student? Well, if we want to start with CO2 levels, a lot of the food waste emits CO2. And so like just reducing like your meat consumption or um, dairy products actually just one person can bring down the amount of CO2 that gets emitted by tons and tons. As somebody who still like eats meat and stuff, how many times a week should I try to maybe reduce how much I eat meat-wise? Well, like I love meat too, but I think just um, challenging yourself to not eat any beef for like two days a week, like that is something that would actually have an enormous impact. But if I get like the majority of my protein and nutrients from meat, how can I make that sacrifice? Well, that's a good argument, but I feel like just even having like chicken and fish, um, that can give you a lot of protein and like not just cutting out beef altogether, being a vegetarian altogether, but just you know, just lessening that amount that you eat.
I don't know, what else do you guys think that we can do just as far as like CO2 levels? Um, I mean, at least in terms of food, uh, whenever we go to the C4C, all we have to do is just make sure we're taking what we're actually going to eat and we're not just loading our plates up uh, with just food that is just going to be wasted in the end. So definitely like check your portions and know how much you're going to eat. And you can always go back to get more food if you're still hungry. It's better to start with a smaller plate. True. And I feel like maybe even just like having the trays in the C4C, like you are able to like pack on as much food as you possibly want and like for me like I think I could eat a lot more than I actually can and I'll put a lot more food on my plate than I can so maybe if they didn't have trays like you would just have like room for just what you can fit on one plate definitely that sounds interesting also um in general I think if we were to talk with people on campus about this and really like um get people in the conversation about reducing emissions and reducing food waste, uh, we could really do better. And I know that uh, on some days and some weeks they have Scrape Your Plate Day, which is all about uh, reducing emissions, but still I think we could do better as a campus. Right, and like in our dining hall, the C4C, we just load these trays onto like this little conveyor belt and every time I always see like all of this food piled up that they never ate and there's a compost bin like right next to the uh, loading tray area and I think like maybe having like more signs or just like being more conscious of like where that food is going like it's most likely going in the garbage instead of the compost. Mm -hmm. Yeah I mean how else um, would you guys think is a good way of educating people of like why wasting food is actually so bad for the earth? I think if we uh, really took the angle that uh, climate change is a big problem and, like, told people, like, these people know that climate change is a huge problem. I just don't think that everybody realizes how much uh, just daily activities like eating go into that and, like, what you eat. So if there was some way to educate, uh, like, the CU campus uh, more about it, whether that's a club, uh, meetings, or something... Uh, talking with the administration. I think there's many ways we could do it, but as long as um, we try to take action. I think. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point because if CU Boulder is one of the most environmentally friendly campuses and then we can still do more, then I think that we're really missing a whole area as an environmental campus because other universities will be looking at CU to you know, take the lead. Yeah, Emma, definitely. And speaking on the topic of emissions, landfills emit high levels of methane and other greenhouse gases. And I think for college students, sorting through your trash um, effectively with like recycling, compost, and landfill trash would be really important. Yeah, I can relate to that because for me personally, uh, although I like to think that I'm good with my trash and recycling and separating that in most cases. Uh, when it comes to my room, me and my roommate are pretty bad about uh, separating or recycling our compost and our trash because we have two trash cans. One, one is a blue recycling bin, one's a normal trash can, but we've kind of just taken, we've each taken one and just used it as a general <laughs> trash that we end up just throwing in the dumpster and not really 
knowing or thinking about where that goes. And although that, that is like, uh, that's kind of lazy. I feel like we can, we can definitely do better. And uh, yeah. And along with that, I think, yes, like separating your trash and recycling and compost, very important, but maybe even just, you know, using your meal swipes and not buying anything that has trash or like any packaged goods for a day or like just, you know, decreasing the amount of products you buy that aren't from, you know, the cafeteria. Yeah, I agree. I think that just honestly anything you can do to really make an impact, no matter how small it is or how small you might think it is, it does help in the long run. And, uh, Ooh, I have an interesting thing we could talk about is um, why don't people maybe make these tiny strides to do what they can to help the environment? Honestly, um, with me and my roommate, I think like, you know, separating through our trash and like remembering to compost at the C4C is just like out of like, I forget or I'm just extremely lazy. I, I definitely agree. I think I get pretty lazy with trash or I'm just focused on other stuff, like whether it's classes, tests, homework, like there's a lot of stuff going on on college campus. And although I like to think I'm environmentally friendly, I think I need to do better by actually making sure I take time to focus on separating my trash, recycling and uh, reducing food waste. Yeah, I hear you guys. So it's like kind of a matter of convenience. And also like for me, I try to like buy a lot of products that are like environmentally friendly, such as like um, deodorant with like all natural, um, I don't know, like all natural ingredients. And to be honest, that is a really crappy deodorant. Like it does nothing for me. Like I, like I stink still. So like I kind of, prefer to buy like more like you know like deodorant that's worse for the environment so I think like if some environmental like companies chose to make like higher quality products also like maybe we would be more compelled to buy environmental friendly products yeah I'd say that like there's a lot of like environmentally friendly products that sound good and like would be I guess helpful for the environment but a lot of times those products are either more expensive um, and they work not as well or just both of those. Like they're just, I think they're just an inconvenience for people. And uh, like if there were ways for, I think, college students to find cheap, environmentally friendly stuff that worked, that would be great. I think like a really good way to find stuff like that is the PIPS reward system that we have here on campus. Um, I'm like always trying to get more pips points and all of those go to earning like uh, products or clothes that are more environmentally friendly. And I think investing in that, it's a really easy way to like earn money and like find out like products that are actually useful and like good for the environment. Um, can you tell me more about like how you get those points? Uh, yeah, so... Um, during welcome week, when I first arrived on campus, I got this strange sticker for my water bottle that I scanned to get like 20 points every time. And I didn't really know what it was. But after that, 
I just got really into pips. <laughs> um, but if you put that sticker on your water bottle, every time you fill it up, you scan it and you get 20 points. And then oh, I also that's so cool. Yeah. And I also have one for my bike. And every time you ride your bike around campus or just anywhere around the city, you get 50 points. And there's also a way for pips to track your location. So if you take a bus, you also get 50 points. And it's just really cool. I've got 2,000 points so far. Yay. Like <laughs> that sounds that sounds really interesting. I feel like um, see you should do. I think maybe more to like uh, make people hear about that because I've definitely heard about it like in the past like two weeks. But when I first came to campus, I didn't really uh, know too much about that. I didn't really like uh, hear about it. So I think that like that's just another thing that like sounds like really awesome that I think we can totally use. I just like think that we need uh, more awareness about that type of stuff on campus. That's true. I feel like a lot of the um, things we can do, like just need way more awareness in general. So, I mean, it's a common balance of like, um, you know, like being super aware of what we can do, but not like being totally engulfed in like this really terrible, like, like we mentioned earlier, a very, like, really hard task to take on for a generation. So it's a, mm-hmm. definitely a balance we have to reach on how aware we should be. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I respectfully disagree. I get where you're coming at, that it can be um, hard and difficult to, like, understand all of those consequences all at once. But I think having that anxiety and fear is, like, you know, that little Jiminy Cricket on in the back of our brains, like guiding us and like making us want to do more. Yeah, I guess I see that. It's true. But sometimes when like I get so overwhelmed, it almost makes me feel like I should do absolutely nothing. Like I can do nothing. So I don't know. It uh, It is a pretty overwhelming topic, I think. I think it's helpful that we're trying to break it down for just what college students can do. Because I agree. Like whenever I think of just like climate change as a broad issue, like that is happening in our world today, it's pretty stressful because it once again, seems like there's nothing we can do. But as long as we just focus on um, what we can do, even if it's not all the time, even if it's, I think, like, I think I'll take the middle of the road approach where I think we, we should think about it uh, a lot and do what we can, but I don't think we can always do everything we want to. Yeah, and kind of back to, like, Instagram and Twitter, like, that's really what advertisements do is, like, they try to really play on your pathos. Like, they're, like, the world is ending. Like, buy our product. Like, it'll help, you know. So I think that is a really successful advertising tool, but it actually is, like, sacrificing so much mental health because, you know, like, it's so scary. It feels like, you know, like, should... I have a kid, you know, and they'd be born into a world where like there's a lot of like environmental complications where as I really know, like that's probably not a rational thought to have. Yeah. But they're really playing on that with like advertisements and stuff on Instagram mm -hmm. and Twitter. Uh, Yeah. I just think in general, like with climate change, there's a lot of uncertainty and that's what freaks us all out. Uh, Because I mean, it's very certain that it is happening and that it's a huge issue. It's just, we don't know when certain things are going to happen like if we're going to run out of water like when like and I just think it's a overall just a very stressful issue but focusing on what we can do is very important 
Yeah, I definitely agree because I definitely hold a lot of anxiety towards, you know, the future and like, you know, like what you said about having a kid. Like, I definitely think about that sometimes. Like, do I really want to bring like a child into this and have them have to deal with it like the older generations did with us? Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. My anxiety, like, I don't let it get out of control. Like, oh, God, like there's nothing I can do. It's like on a such like massive global level, like. I mean, I'm just one person, but I think focusing on yourself and what you can do to make that change is like very important. And like, that's the whole reason for this podcast, you know, what can college students do? Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Another side of this issue that uh, students can help with is the political side, because although politics might seem like a huge issue for students to tackle, Um, There's many ways that students can get in contact with their senators, their local uh, mayors, governors, anything. And with enough of that, there has to be some action taken by these senators. I think local politics are most important because that is where you see the actual results. And in that, then other cities and states start to take action based off of what other local politics do. So it's kind of a domino effect. So I think you actually see the results of voting um, locally instead of on a national level. And speaking of the national uh, level of politics, there's definitely a lot more uh, we as a country could be doing. And I know this isn't necessarily what college students can do, but it's still very important, and I think we need to address it is the fact that right now, at least in America, there's a lot of people in government who either don't believe in climate change and uh, are trying to actively, I guess, make it worse by opening like up coal plants and uh, more fossil fuel industries. And there's definitely a lot of special interests in government who are lobbying for bad climate policy. And these special interests are oil companies, uh, coal etc. And so I think that that's definitely something that college students can contact their politicians about because as a college student, if I'm in a district where there's a politician who's clearly like just being lobbied by these like fossil fuel companies and really just not trying to help the climate, that's a problem. And I think uh, if they got enough calls, it might not necessarily change their opinion and they might not change their action, but you still really need to try to let them know. And there's a chance. So, yeah. And I mean, along with that, like I know that Jared Polis um, has started like a program called decarbonization of the grid. And that's kind of a concept where um, he's trying to like reverse some of the CO2 emissions and like switch different um, energy uses, I guess. And like, um, so but we won't be seeing those effects until like 2030. So I just think like, can you think of any other policies that would like if a governor, senator, or even the president made a policy right now and it would make a big difference right now? Can you think of any? Um, I think that I'd say with like, there's definitely a lot of like smaller things we could do. I don't know if there's any huge policy change right now that could make a that could really like realistically happen and change a lot. I think that with the current administration, we're not going to be getting any kind of climate uh, 
like positive things like at all. I just think that they're very anti-climate. But um, one thing is just a very simple thing that would at least try to regulate uh, our emissions is just if the U.S. rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement and if the government made sure certain companies didn't go above a certain uh, amount of emissions per year. So as long as there's some some kind of oversight, I think that that would be helpful. But currently we don't have that as the U.S. is not in the Paris agreements and the U.S. as a government right now, at least on the right, is not focusing at all on climate change. And wait, can you tell me more of the about the Paris climate agreement? What is that? It's an agreement um, that's like most of the countries in the world. I think it's like 100-something uh, countries are a part of it. And there's only like three countries now not a part of it. The U.S., um, North Korea, and I believe, I don't, I don't necessarily know the last country, the name, but I know that they're not a part of it only because they have so much higher standards for keeping emissions down. And they think the Paris Climate Agreement is too basic. And so the fact that the U.S. isn't in an agreement that's only about, um, I think, keeping the like keeping a cap on everybody's carbon emissions is kind of crazy. And so although it's not really like punishable, like if they go above those, it's still like, I think a guideline for politicians and people to reduce their carbon emissions. Okay. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I mean, that's a really interesting concept. And I think as long as everyone's looking more into what the government is doing for like future generations. Like I think most of the government is really concerned about the here and now and how expensive it really would be to implement different um, environmental programs within the government because it's so expensive. Like taxes would raise, everyone would be upset to be honest, but it's honestly a um, sacrifice that I think I would be willing to make and I think a lot of other people would be willing to make for, you know, the future and the future generations. Along with that, CU Boulder has a lot of eco clubs. Like I know over the summer, I applied to eco reps and they work on like composting and raising awareness around the campus. And there's probably like 12 clubs that people can join. And so I think that's another thing that if people are interested, that's a really good way to get involved. And I think that makes probably a larger impact. Um, do you guys ever think of joining any clubs? Why or why not? Um, yeah, I would like to join some clubs, especially something that I'm passionate about. And I think, you know, helping the environment as much as possible is something that I'm passionate about. I just did not know that there were any clubs available. I mean, I didn't even know about, what was it, the eco reps that you were mm -hmm. saying? Yes. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> so, yeah. Sam, what about you? Yeah, I, I'd agree. I say that I am interested in this stuff, but I haven't really heard about it too much. I, I think I have. I just haven't taken the time to like really look into it, join it. And that's something I should do because I am passionate about this issue. But um, I think that anywhere I can uh, join something or be a part of something that helps the environment, it's always good. 
Yeah. And so how else can clubs not only raise awareness, but like entice people to want to be a part of like the eco clubs? I don't know. I think just raising awareness because I think I got an email from the college during like opening week about something like eco reps. But like other than that, I really haven't heard anything about it. And so I think like Honestly, marketing would be their best strategy because if the people don't know about it, I mean, only like the really, really passionate people would be able to join the club and it would be very exclusive almost. And so I think if they marketed it to people like, you know, me and Sam who like are passionate and want to be involved, but we don't like, we haven't taken those extra steps yet. I think that would be really beneficial. Yeah. So there are like those super duper passionate people that do join the clubs but what about the people that are just maybe only a little bit interested how do you get those people to want to be a part of the club um maybe like I mean this might be a little far-fetched but I know like free ride has like a lot of stuff where like and that's a club where there's people are in it but uh I don't know it's it's big and so what I'm saying is that they have these events where they like give away stuff for like uh, just being there for doing stuff and the climate clubs could take a different approach with a similar thing but maybe for like say like pips points like using the stuff around campus that we have like already in place to maybe make those clubs more enticing for people who aren't in them like giving out like a ski pass or something and then although maybe that's not the way you want people to join the climate club just because of like free ski pass but I think that some kind of incentive-based thing like pit points could maybe prove to be a valuable thing for getting people to join these clubs. Yeah, and I feel like being in one of those clubs actually gives you the edge in getting internships and in different like professions because if you're showing an interest in something like this, then a lot of employers take an interest in you for being um, like involved in extracurriculars that actually like do something for the common good yeah you know I think it's like it sounds really selfish to like have these you know reward programs and like you know maybe they can write you like a letter of like recommendation for an internship later on it sounds really selfish but I, I really do think that that's like the best plan of action that these clubs can do Okay, and now we're here with my roommate, Nick. Nick, do you have any opinions on uh, climate change overall at first? Uh, I feel like it is a big problem that we have in society, and um, many people seem to disagree with that, but we can see that with the weather we've been having throughout the country and other parts of the world that climate change is truly a problem that we have. Definitely agreed. Uh what what do you as a college student do about uh, climate change? Like, or what what can you do? What do you try to do? Even if it's a small thing. Um, I don't really know like how I can make a big impact on climate change, but I try to do the little things like recycling every day, um, stuff like that, just to make the world a better place with like the little things. Yeah, definitely. Are you a part of any uh, like environmental like clubs or anything like that on campus? Or? Uh, no, I haven't heard of any. Oh, okay. I'm interested. Oh. 
we, we were all talking about that earlier, how many people haven't heard about the environmental clubs. And I think that um, this just shows that more people need to be aware. Any thoughts? Um, so Nick, uh, what is stopping you from taking those extra steps, like joining a club and doing, you know, a little bit extra than just recycling? Oh, uh, well, I feel like the main thing for most people is time. Um, some people don't have a lot of time or have too much, um, going on in their lives to participate in these clubs and activities. But another thing that I feel is a big impact is, uh, money, um, I'm a broke college student, so <laughs> I don't really have a lot of money to uh, like donate to companies that help climate change and stuff like that. And like yeah. buying like environmental products yeah. that like yeah, are usually groceries that are better for the environment and better for myself. But yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us and have a good rest of your day. All right. Thank you. So we just heard from Nick. Uh, any thoughts on that uh, conversation, you guys? I think that really represented most of the population of the college students at CU Boulder because a lot of them care about the environment and are, for the most part, educated on what the effects of um, not taking care of the environment and kind of the environmental dis advantages that we might have in the future but I think that kind of showed that um, it showed most of the college students in the way that he didn't necessarily know all of the steps to take to be the best he could be um, like like he said he's like a broke college student so it's hard to um, you know invest in companies and buy the right products and you know even become more educated on this topic um yeah I really related to what he said I think that's sort of my level of involvement right now I mean yeah I do a few extra things but they're really on a small scale so I think I don't know there needs to be something like a new way to like get people who are not like financially available and you know time available to like reach out and like actually make a difference yeah. and I mean I kind of agree with what you're saying but also I disagree in the way that you're taking small strides but those are actually having a huge impact and I just think it's like if most of the population just made like small lifestyle changes then that would have like an enormous impact on like the co2 levels and like the landfills and ocean and everything so if just most of the population was more environmentally friendly then it would just it would just be so helpful and sorry sam i interrupted you what were you gonna say oh no worries um i was just gonna say that uh i agreed with the whole time factor how time is one of the biggest things that i think prevents college students from considering their how environmentally friendly they are like a little more <laughs> because um everybody has stuff whether it's classes uh extracurriculars i know nick is actually on the lacrosse team and um so he has workouts and a lot of stuff throughout the day that like prevents him from maybe recycling more but i think uh we can all relate to that because we all have classes uh we have things we want to do things we do um yeah any, anybody else? No. You got this. Okay, well, thank you for listening. Um, 
and thank you guys for participating in this conversation. If more people had conversations like this, uh, I think there would be some large steps taken to combat climate change on both a local and a global level. Once again, thank you for listening. Have a great day.